Okay, so we're in the middle of discussing the halachas of Tishabav yesterday. We talked about Erev Tishabav. I want to go through two major halachas of today. And that is number one, the halachas of Tishabav itself. And number two, Matzah Tishabav. Remember this year, Tishabav is a little bit unique that it falls on a Thursday. Wednesday night, Thursday. Which basically means that Matzah Tishabav is Erev Shabbos. Does that have any uh, difference to the halachas? Obviously, we'll discuss that, Be'ez HaShem, in the next coming minutes. So let's go through the day of Tishabav itself. The Gemara in Tainis, Da'af Laman Amal Aleph says, Tonu Rabbonon, Kol mitzvahs hanoi heges ba'ovul, no heges ba'tishabav. Any mitzvah, which we should never know, La'aleinu, is noyeg by an ovul rachman on Litzlan, someone that's sitting shiva, is also nagea to someone that is on Tishabav. And the reason for that obviously is because we are mourning a loved one. We're mourning the Beis Hamikdash. We're mourning the Shechina. We've spoken, if you remember, a couple of times we gave two Shurim about what we lost when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. It wasn't just the binion of the Beis Hamikdash, but we lost a whole lot together with that. And therefore we are mourning the Shechina not being in the covered, a Torah, the covered of the Rabbonish Loilam. We're missing so much with the destruction of the base of Mingdash, and therefore we basically have a din of an oval. So, with some exceptions and with some additions, obviously, because it is a fast day at the end of the day. So, the main things that are awesome, we'll split them into nine categories. Uh, we'll explain some more than others, obviously. The first category is the most important one, obviously, and that's called eating and drinking. That, that's the one that uh, bothers us the most. And then we'll move on to washing, anointing, wearing shoes, learning Torah, greetings, working, sitting on a chair in marital relations. So all of these are forbidden on Tisha both night and day, starting, of course, from Shkia all the way until Nacht, until nighttime of Motzah Tisha Okay, that's when it begins. That's a very important halacha that the Shulchan Aruch Tovkuf Nun Dalet Sifalav tells us that we start by Shkia, because Shkia, as you know, is a Sophic Yom, Sophic Laila, and it ends by Nacht. Okay, so let's start with number one. Let's start with eating and drinking. So obviously any uh, boy or girl over the age of bar or bas mitzvah is included and therefore has to fast. There is a shadow in the postkin whether or not a younger child than that should at least fast partial a day. You know, whether or not we do that, especially if it's an older child who understands a little bit about Chorban Beis Migdash when they get to the age of 8, 9, 10, they for sure understand something that's got to do with Chorban Beis Migdash. And therefore, the Pashtun says that they should a little bit mishtatif in the uh, tsar of the tzibur, but uh, younger children do have no have no Indian whatsoever to fast or withhold any from them whatsoever. Um, swallowing capsules, medications, bitter tasting medication is not a problem without water. Obviously, if the medication is very necessary. And it cannot be taken without liquid. It is allowed, one is allowed to use a small amount of liquid to actually swallow it down. That's Rabbi Zalman's Psak. I remember Rabbi Israel Orbach told me that it's good to put some, you know, tea in it, tea essence in it. And so it gives it a little bit of a bitter taste as opposed to a geschmack water taste. But again, it's not a chiv gom. Rabbi Zalman held that um, you are allowed to taste it. You're allowed to put a little bit of water, the smallest amount that you need to swallow the capsule, the pill, but again, only a pill that you really need, not stum a pill. Otherwise, from that, you should definitely take it without any liquid. There is no problem whatsoever. Someone that is sick, someone that's pregnant, nursing, obviously should ask their own uh, local Orthodox rabbi if they are required to fast or not. If they are told not to fast, then it is also for them to fast, and they get no mitzvah whatsoever. 
But it is important because Tisha B'Av, as we know, is an important day. It's not a day that we try to get light and try to find Teterim. But because of the situation, for example, in Eretz Yisrael, the heat that we're experiencing over here lends a lot to, uh, you know, to understand the Psak. Also, coronavirus as well. People that are actually sick with coronavirus, for sure, should consult their local Rav to find out whether or not they should fast again. Because these are all Shilas, which are very, very Negea and must be addressed. Don't be Machme and say, I'm going to fast. Because that doesn't work, you're not yaitza, you don't get a mitzvah, there's no schar for that whatsoever. Okay, so that is when it comes to that. Now, if a person is b'tzar, if a person has a lot of tsar, then he is allowed to rinse out his mouth with either mouthwash or even water, leaning forward to make sure that you don't actually swallow any of the liquid. You can include it in this, is brushing your teeth. Again, if you can have a lot of tsar, people wake up in the morning and they probably can't speak, they won't even open their mouth or talk to anyone, they've got to say kinnis for the next few hours, you know, it's, it's difficult for them, so yes, in that case, if it's very difficult for you, there is a header for a person to brush his teeth, use mouthwash, making sure, obviously, you lean forward, like the Mishnah Brewer says, to make sure that you don't swallow any of the liquid. Most of this we discussed, by the way, by the halachas of fasting. Shiva Asabatamas, look it up on the app. You'll find it over there. Now, if a person by mistake did eat or drink on the fast day, he woke up in the morning and there's a bottle of water next to his bed and he started drinking it, stop immediately and continue fasting it, right? Just, just because you drank and you broke your fast does not mean that you don't have to continue fasting. You absolutely should continue fasting. Even if a person has a heta not to fast, he shouldn't indulge he shouldn't eat extra treats and things that he doesn't really need. He should eat that which he needs and not more than that. Okay, so that is the halachas of the eating and drinking part of things. Let's talk about washing. As we know, washing is extremely important. Uh, somebody called me up about uh, washing dishes during the nine days. I guess they, they assumed that you're not allowed to wash dishes during the nine days because you might get your hands wet, which I told them there's no issue in washing hands at all. In fact, maybe it's even a mitzvah to wash your hands. And therefore, you should make sure to wash your hands because of corona and make sure of hygiene. But on Tisha B'av, however, it is slightly different. The Shulchan Aruch and Tovkuf Nundalet Sikot Zion says that on Tisha B'av you're not even allowed to dip your finger into water. You're not allowed whatsoever. And therefore it's for pleasure purposes and it's a problem. There's no difference between hot and cold for that matter. Now, what's the Issa? Let's get this very, very clear. We discussed this, if you remember, when we talked about the halachos of the nine days, and it's quite similar. And that is, they only asked a rechitza shel tainuk, a geschmack, pleasurable washing, right? Uh, so one of my daughters came home, and she says, uh, I, I think she was seven, I think, I don't know, whatever. And she came home and she said that her friend says to her, yeah, yeah, my daddy said you're allowed to have as many showers as you want, you're just not allowed to enjoy them. So I'm not sure exactly if that's the exact getter of having do it do whatever you want, just you know, in your brain say, I'm not enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not sure if that works, but it has to be a rechitza she'enishal tiny, which means you're washing something off because it's dirty. Right? So for example, uh, a person falls on the floor and he gets his hands full of mud. He's allowed to wash his hands. That's not a problem, because he's not doing it because he's enjoying it, he's doing it because it's dirty. Or let's say if a person, you know, um, I don't know, he shook someone else's hand. He's like, oh my gosh, Corona. So then he quickly goes to wash his hands. If that's why he's doing it, then that would be fine. There's no problem with it whatsoever. person goes to the bathroom. Also, again, it comes dirty. Obviously, he's allowed to wash his hands. That's a rechita she'enishal tining, and it is fine. Nagel vasa in the morning is muta, 
But, obviously, as we know, we're only allowed to wash up until our knuckles. While your hands are still moist, you can pass them over your eyes. And as you can't wash your face, you won't be able to wash your face on Tisha B'Av. But what you can do is, while your hands are moist from the Negev until your knuckles, you can pass them over your forehead, over your eyes, to get rid of the mucus or anything similar to that. That is not a problem with whatsoever. They shouldn't be soaking wet. Don't make sure, you know, don't, don't fill your hands with water and say, okay, I'm passing them over my eyes. Gosh, no, that you can't do. You've got to make sure they're a little bit moist, then it's okay. Um, the same is true also washing hands during Tisha B'Av, like, for example, after the bathroom, or for doubling, which many people do because it's a mitzvah. You can only wash hands up until your knuckles. Uh, many points can hold that if your hands are not even dirty, then you should not wash them even after the bathroom. So the answer is, what do we do? Mr. Brewer brings this Lemaisa, and uh, this, the Ishi Yisrael brings this, and that is the answer is, since there are points that hold that after leaving the bathroom, I should not wash my hands if they're not dirty. For example, after going for Ketanim, they shouldn't be dirty, so I should dafka touch a part of my body that's normally covered. Once you touch a place on your body that's normally covered, touch it, scratch your back. Oh, now I have a heave to wash until it's a dime, then I can wash my hands again up until your knuckles, obviously. Women are allowed to cook, they're allowed to prepare food, wash their dishes, even if their hands are going to get dirty in the process. I will tell you, however, I remember a folk Zatzal telling me this, that it's more, he brings this also in the, in the Masalio, Chuvas Chelik Aluf, and it's good for a woman to wear gloves. If she knows she's washing the dishes, it's gefelech, and she's going to get water all over the place. It's good for her to wear gloves, because you're not, you're not supposed to be getting your hands wet. Another thing as well, if you touch your non-leather shoes, stomachs are shyly whether or not you touch your non-leather shoes, you have to wash your hands like you touch your leather shoes. But the mice of the post can say, in such a situation, the Kafachayim Tovkuf Nundalit Sikotan Ayin Gimel brings down, and Revelyashin Zatzal Paskin this way, is that you should only wash the place of your hand that touched the shoe. The rest of your hand, you do not have to do that. So that is generally the Indian of Rechitza. That's number two on our list. Number three on our list is anointing. Right? Sicha. Anointing, pleasurable anointing is Asa on Tishbav as the Shokhanov tells us Tovkufnum Dalitsiv Tezvov, and therefore you not may not rub, dab, smear into your body any cream, any ointment, any gel, any body oil, whatever it may Maybe even if you do it for comfort purposes, every morning I put my Nivea cream on, or I put Nivea on my face, or you know, this type of gel and this type of oil and you know, whatever. None of that on Tishbav. And this is where you don't do this whatsoever. Um, most posts can say this includes perfume and uh, any type of perfume and any type of lipstick is basically included in this. And therefore, women should not be putting on perfume and liquid cause it, and lipstick because it has the same darga as sicha, as anointing, which should not be done and avoided on Tishabav. Uh, if a person has a skin condition, Right, people have, for example, a skin condition, they have rough skin, they have peeling skin, whether it's on their lips in the winter, or maybe on their hands, they've got cracked skin from all the washing from corona. What's the deal in such a case? If a person has such a skin condition, he is allowed to put cream on, right? Like I said, various creams that people just, you know, put on their hands after washing their hands, because their hands are very, very rough, and they start, you know, hurting and cracking and bleeding and whatever. So yes, on Tisha B'Av, then you are allowed. And again, the Yisod is very simple. It's not Shaltainuk. It's not something I'm doing for enjoyment. I'm doing it posh to stop my hands from cracking and getting all bloody or whatever it may be. Moving on. 
The post can speak about this and better you could even take, say it's a Be'alocha. But Moshe discusses this in the English Moshe. Putting on deodorant. Let's, uh, let's, uh, this is a very important one. Even though the truth is now with Corona, we're all going to be doing social distancing during davening. But in the regular year, when they pack in over there for the Kinnis explained in Yeshiva's based David, Kinnai Nahora. So, Lemaisa, we should tell the Olam that yes, the Olam can wear deodorant. You are allowed to wear deodorant. Somebody told me, who was it? No, it was none of you guys. I can't think who called me up. Ah, that's right. Someone from Lakewood. That's right. He took, I think it was from Lakewood. He says to me, he saw a very funny thing. They were, they, they had a big sign in the store saying, Tish, prepare for Tishabov. One of, they had two items there preparing for Tishabov. One item was a stool with the correct measurement of what you're allowed to sit on. And the other one was deodorant. That's it. They had deodorant and a stool. That was their preparation for Tishabov. You are absolutely allowed to put on deodorant on Tishabov. Maybe not cologne, maybe not aftershave. That you don't need. But deodorant, yes. Insect repellent. Are you allowed to spray an insect repellent that stops the insects from biting you, mosquitoes, all these sorts of things? That is obviously mutter. There is no problem whatsoever. Wearing shoes, as we know. This one's a famous one. That you are not allowed to wear your regular shoes on Tishabav. And this basically means any shoe that is made from leather at any place or part of that shoe must not be made, must not be worn at all. Any other type of material, whether it's wood, rubber, plastic, is absolutely no problem whatsoever. Even if it's partially leather, most postcum, the Mr. Burusik Gotten Lamed Aleph, says that it should not be worn. Maris Ayn includes, like Shlomo Zalman brings down a Mincha Shlomo Chedit Beis Ches, that you cannot wear any shoe that looks like it's leather. Somebody told me that in one of the camps in America, maybe it was Camp Monk, when David Cohen used to go, used to go maybe he still go, I don't know exactly, would go there, uh, the boys would line up, every Erev Tishabav, and they would show him his shoes, yes, no, yes, no, right, in other words, you have to know whether it looks like, or if it looks like it's a shoe that looks like it's made from leather, then it is problematic. If a person has to wear leather shoes, for medical purposes, for example, he has an injured foot, and this is the only shoe that gives him support, that makes it work, whatever, then obviously it's muta without any problem whatsoever, because again, you know, that, that's the Matthias. Um, children, that have reached the age of Chinuch, again, hard to say an age, but maybe seven and eight, should also not be wearing leather shoes. And the general minig is every child does not wear leather shoes, even if they're one years old. Okay, so that was number, I think we'll hold it by number four. Number five, learning Torah. Right, there are two major reasons. Okay, we spoke, if you remember yesterday, Erev Tishabav, why you can't learn Torah, right? Because you can't come into Tishabav with a Simcha. But now we're talking about Tishabav itself. There are two major reasons why we're not allowed to learn Torah on Tishabav. Reason number one, the Shulchan Aruch, Be'etzem, Nerach HaShulchan, Tovkuf Nundalet, brings this down. And that is because, um, it gives a person Simcha, and we shouldn't do something to be married with Simcha on Tishabav, and where a person opens up a Baba Basra, or maybe even better, he opens up a Yavomus, and he opens up a Rashba and Yavomus, Kaval, He's going to have so much simcha from that. Mela, we don't give a person simcha. And that's why it is problematic. That's reason number one. And reason number two also is, and the Marsha brings this in Tainus, Taflamen, Amalalaf, is because we want a person not to be Messiah Das. When a person is learning, he becomes so involved, so so immersed in the learning, that he's not going to be able to think about Churban Beis Amigdash. And that is two reasons why you're not allowed to learn. However... There are certain times that maybe you are. Number one, 
First of all, you have to understand, all types of learning are included, whether you're listening to a share, whether you're reading, whether you're writing, whether you're thinking about it. If it's something you're not allowed to learn, you're not allowed to think about, you're not allowed to write, you're not allowed to hear it. Writing Torah can only be done if you're going to forget it. So, for example, if a major Chiddush comes your way, on Tisha B'Av afternoon, and you're like, oh my gosh, I must write this down. You're allowed to write it down, briefly, not be Ian. Or a Rav, for example, can issue a psak. If someone comes to a Rav and calls up, you know, people call up all the time, Baruch Hashem, on Tisha B'Av, I try to keep my phone on, and if I'm not giving share with this, year, I'm not going to be, so I'll have, be able to be more available. I straight away ask, is it negated to Tisha B'Av? You'll be surprised, people ask, when well, I'm going away on vacation, on Matzah Tisha B'Av, I want to know about the barbecue. Can we use it for, you know, okay, You'll call me Motsu Tishabov. Not now. Now, Tishabov, you can only Paskin Shilas, that on a Gea. If not, it can wait until after the fast. Torah, uh, by children, even though, and this is a tremendous Chiddush, that the, we know that the Binyan Beis HaMikdash, Habayis HaShlishi, they will not Mavatal Cheda. They won't stop the Chadorim, they won't stop the kids learning Torah, even to build the Thayishlishi. But when it comes to Tishabov, even children should not learn their regular Torah. So what can you learn? Let me give you a partial list. Number one, Megillus Eicha with all of the uh, Mepharshim. Kinnis with all of its Mepharshim. You know, what you could do, by the way, which I definitely suggest to be a very good thing, is get your morning with meaning. Morning with meaning. Your Kinnis by Yeshiva Space Dovid, which is incredible. Anybody that wants a copy of this, we've got the halachas that we said today. It's got some of the introductions to Kinnis and the Beginners Eicha explained posseh by posseh. And if you want it, so please send me an email. I'll send you a copy. Send me an email, aw at etrog, E-T-R-O-G, dot net, dot I-L. A-W at etrog, E-T-R-O-G, dot net, dot I-L. And we'll send you one of these digitally. Guys, I'll be sending this to you. Hopefully, well, you should print it out. It's Gavaldic. If you learn this over Tishabab, you'll have a different Tishabab. But I'll call upon him. So, Kinnis, Eev, Eev, or I think the art scroll translated as Job. You're allowed to learn that with all its Mephoshim. Uh, Perik, Eilimagalchan, the third Perik of Moed Cotton, is allowed to be learned. Um, the story of the Churban Beis HaMikdash in Mesechtas Gitin, Nunvav Omud Beis to Nunches Omud Aleph, is allowed to be learned. Sanhedrin, Sadivav Omud Aleph to Kuftalad Omud Beis, is allowed to be learned. You shall me. At the end of Masechta's Tainus, obviously the Halachas of Tishabav open up a Mishtabura. You can look at the Halachas of Tishabav, Hilcha Savela, Stam and Yeridea, uh, Tehillim. Generally should not be said unless it's being said for someone who needs a Rafur Shalema. Stories of Tzadikim, I suggest as the people that instead of watching some Holocaust movie and pattering yourself and saying, well, I'm doing something for Tishabav by watching the latest Hollywood Holocaust movie, it's not going to work. Better is take up, take a few books of Tzadikim, of Gedolim, and read them. That's much more than anything else, and obviously Musa's farm is of the Chorban Beis Amigdash of Tishabav of a fast day is to Ma'ura within ourselves a Soyrus uh, to do Tshuva, and therefore Musa's farm do that as well. So those are basically that's the uh, incomplete but little bit of a rough list of what you are allowed to learn. By the way, there's enough to learn that can keep you busy all day of Tishabav. There's no head to say, well, I'm allowed to learn. Are you pottering Gansen? Or are you chayev? Just you're only allowed to learn that which which Chazal say. Shailu in the Kavachaim. But Akabon, there's enough to learn, and and Chabal to waste the day on on all these you know movies and 
I'm not talking about the shurim that come out, which are, of course, are gavaldic, because these are the te'elis of Tishabav, and that brings a person to his service. These are beautiful. I'm talking about the things that have no shaykhs to Tishabav. Stam, oh, I'll keep that for Tishabav afternoon. Let's kill some more hours of the day. No, that's not the point. Okay, next, Sheila Shalom, greeting, number six. You're not allowed to greet anyone on Tishabav. Okay, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to say, hi, morning, good evening, have a good night. You can't do that. Absolutely awesome. You're not allowed to greet anyone on Tishabav. Not only that, not only that, the Ritva in Moed Kotten Chavzain and the Sfarim on Hilchas Abed is bringing this down as well. And that is even to nod. Like you walk past someone, you give like a, a Yeshivish nod. Mm-hmm. Can't do that on Tishabav. Not allowed. You can't do it on Tishabav. What happens if, you know, this is very common, a guy comes up to you and says, Good morning! Uh, uh, what are you meant to do now? What are you meant to do? So the Kafachaim says, what you should do is, is you sort of, like, sort of like respond, but in a way that's showing him that we shouldn't be doing this. Right? You should tell someone, you know, don't do that. Um, you're allowed to ask someone how someone else is feeling, by the way. You don't have to be rude. You're allowed to say something, oh, I heard you, might, you know, your brother's not doing too well. How, how's he feeling? That's fine. That's not a problem. That's absolutely okay. Uh, when you answer the phone, you shouldn't say hello or goodbye, like a novel. We don't, we're, we're in our venus, Rabbi Sa. We're in our venus for the Chorba Beis Migdosh. What are you answering phones? Uh, and, and, you know, okay, now it's already good. My kids are older, whatever. But I remember when my kids were much younger, whatever, we, we unplugged the phone. On Tishabab, the phone did not ring. What, what do you need from me on Tishabab that I need to answer the phone? Okay, now the kids, whatever, older, whatever, they're, they're talking, you know, whatever, they're, they're arranging with their friends. Different things, Peseda, but I'll in a regular case, no. Uh, you're allowed to say Mazdov to someone. You are allowed to say Mazdov to someone. That's not called the greetings, not called Shere Shaman, that's Mota. Seven, working. Right, the minig of most places, generally it goes by the minig, the minig of most places is not to work on Tishabab even um, before Chatzos, but after Chatzos you can, and the reason for this is, is because we don't want a person to misseach das from the Avelus. Uh, there are many people, which the Chai uh, brings down already, that don't work the entire day of Tishabab. This doesn't make a difference if we're doing an umnus or not, skilled or unskilled. Sweeping or cleaning the floor, by the way, is included in work and should not be done on Tishabab before Chatzos. Making the beds. No, 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 no making the beds. After Chatzos, no problem. Faket, there's a minig of Yushalayim, an ultra minig of Yushalayim, that after Chatzos on Tishabab afternoon, everyone would wash the floor. What's the reason? The real minig actually comes, they used to wash the hair. But that's already a pella, because it's already never shown him that. But anyway, we're not going to go into that. But I can the minig is to wash the floor. Why? Because it states that Mashiach is born on Mincha of Tishabab, and therefore, we prepare ourselves for, for, for the Mashiach's arrival. Now, a goy, right, I've been asked this question, many emails have been coming in, about am I allowed to have a cleaner? That's a goy, no problem, a goy is allowed to do any malacha, okay, it's maybe not the gardening outside, but you know, if you've got a, if you've got a problem with your lights and the goy says I'm coming on Tisha above morning to fix your electricity, that's fine, that's not a problem. That's no problem whatsoever. If a person obviously is going to go through a financial loss by not working, then obviously his mutabi should ask a rob before and to make sure that it's a real richter gazach and not stand sitting on a chair. So we know we don't sit from Shkia on Erev Tishabab until Chatzois on Tishabab afternoon. We do not sit on a regular chair. Tov kuf nun tesiv gimel, the Shulchan Aruch. This includes a bench, a stool or a couch. Uh, it's obviously better to sit directly on the floor. I know people don't know this, but it's better to sit on the floor, put a rug down or a pillow maybe, but it's better to sit on the floor. But the main generally is a chair, less than three tfokim, which is 12 inches high, and you're okay. Someone who obviously is sick, elderly, pregnant, feeding, whatever, is allowed to sit on a regular chair. And even when you're traveling, 
the Poskim do say, number one, you should, Shlomo Zalman discussed this, you should not travel stam on Tisha B'Av, unless obviously there's a tzorik, there's a need, and when you do travel, like for example going on a bus or a train, you shouldn't sit down unless you need to. In a car, obviously it's not the game, never you can sit without any problem whatsoever. Gifts should not be sent on Tisha B'Av, it's a type of She'ilu Shalom, says the Mishavu and therefore you should not give any gifts to anyone on Tisha B'Av. Taking stam, pleasurable walks, again, if a person needs fresh air for a headache, whatever, no problem, but a person taking a stam, a schmoozing walk, that should not be done, and any activity that you, uh, that you, that you uh, partake in, that generally you know, gets your mind off the Avelos, should not be done, in that case, and that's very, very important. Now, I want to talk about now Yud, right? We know that we fast on Tisha B'Av, which is the ninth, right, test, but the Maisa, the Yud Av also, we have to remember as well, very importantly, we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, on the afternoon on the ninth of Av, right, the ninth of Av, the Romans set fire to the base of Megdosh, and it continued burning until Shkia of the tenth, which means the Ika really happened on the 10th and the 9th. So even though most of the destruction of the base of English really took place on Yud, but the Ica Kaveya of a morning was on the 9th, because that's when it was the Haschola, that's when it all began. But that means that Yud Av also has various halachas, because the base of English was burning at that time. So I'm not going to talk about now when it falls on a Sunday, when it falls on a... whatever. It's this year... The uh, Tisha B'Av, as we mentioned, is on a Wednesday night, Thursday, which means when Tisha B'Av goes out, it is Lel Shishi. It is Yud Av, which is Erev Shabbos, right, which is Thursday night, Friday. Now, when Tisha B'Av falls, in a regular, normal year, by the way, the Minig is not to eat, and this applies as well, but Edsem, we don't eat meat or drink wine um, the night the fast ends, and the next day until Chatzos, unless there's a Sudas Mitzvah. So this year included, Thursday night, no steaks. Sorry, South Africans, no bra. Sorry, nothing to do about it. Because again, Yud is a chilek of Tisha B'Av, and therefore we must not do that. So therefore you've got to be careful not to have any meat on the night and the following morning up until Chatzois. Wash, um, bathing, haircuts, and these sorts of things. Music, also until Chatzois. Until Chatzois on Friday. No music, Rabbi Sai. Sorry to tell you, that's what it is. Um, washing, okay. Beseda, uh, like, like this. Because it's an area of Shabbos, washing clothes is more makele, and therefore, even though in a normal year you're not allowed to do washing until Chatzos of the next day, since after Chatzos of the next day is Mamish, right by Shabbos, they were makele for a person, the Mishabura, even though the Mishabura doesn't know what the next day, but partially from the Kitzur Shokhanach and other Gedoli Poskim, that you are allowed to do washing immediately after the fast, something which is normally in a regular osa, but over here it's going to be mutter, you're allowed to wash clothing immediately after the fast, even if it's not needed for Shabbos. Bathing and haircuts are all mutter on Erev Shabbos. They could be they could be done the night before after the fast, but of course, even better the next day, but they can be done after the fast, even though again, normally you have to wait till Chatzos. Listening to music, as I said, was only Negea until Friday. Rabbi, so let's just remember Chazal tell us, and we started all the halachas with this, that if a person really mourns properly over the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, he will be amongst those people that will participate. You'll be to participate in the rejoicing of the rebuilding, and therefore we have to put ourselves in a situation where we keep these halachas, we take them seriously, and then Be'ez HaShem, maybe, maybe, maybe the Rebbein will see our efforts and see what we're doing, and bring the Ba'ish Lishi, Bimheira V'yameinu Amen.